Took a little sabbatical, but we back. <laughs> Listen, I wish y'all could see Isha. She came in here like a little hot girl this morning. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that. She you know. right. Okay, she was like, "Good morning, guys." Her shoulders. <laughs> okay, you had to switch up the vibe. Thank you. I girl. mean, you're a whole vibe this morning. <laughs> a whole entire vibe. Good morning, guests. Are you guys awake? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Florida, I don't know, not really. They sleep, okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning in to Vault Talks Women Share. I'm pretty sure you're like, uh, there's another voice that we don't hear. Yes, our beloved Takara is not here. She was supposed to be, but she left us once again. So it's just me and each this morning. And I'm excited because right. it's Isha's first time ever kind of running the show. Yay! How you feel? <laughs> I feel good. I feel like we're gonna have a good show. We are. Yeah. yeah. What are we doing today? Church unplugged. Ew. Yeah. I've never been here for church unplugged. Yeah. So this is Gabby's first time. Oh, first. Dear. I've heard nothing but Welcome good things. I heard Miranda be going. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. 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 I have no idea what to expect. We, we have our either. regulars here. <laughs> We just flow and go. Flow in the spirit this morning. Go ahead, G. It's all you. Okay. So, people, you know you are tuning in to Vault Talks Women Share. The Vault Talks Women Share radio show is a platform full of empowerment. It is a place where women can come together to learn more, share about matters which pertain to their world. It is this platform where women will be able to share about fashion, love, and relationships, current events, business, entrepreneurship, support, and, of course, ways to be empowered as women. Mm, you read that, girl. Okay. For the read. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get started, our guests, our lovely guests, why don't you give a brief intro as to who you are and what you do? Okay. I am Miranda Chanel, the voice behind Moments with Miranda the Vlog, visionary of Babes Who Know Bible, um, minister, intercessor, whatever it is that people need me to do in the moment. Um, yeah, that's it. That's who I am. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was supposed to have a better elevator speech. I ain't got it no, today. No, that's good. <laughs> So tell us about um, Babes Who Know Bible, right? Like, where oh, is that now? Oh, God. Okay, so Babes Who Know Bible is 
like so I, I get so excited to even talk about it so babes who know bible was just kind of put out um it was my birthday gift to myself mm-hmm. actually it was my birthday gift from god to me um and it's a place that has been created for women of all walks to come and kind of get stronger in the word i think there's not enough um kingdom Mm. There's a whole lot of church, but not enough kingdom. Right. And so Babes Who Know Bible creates this space for women, regardless of if you've been in church all your life or ain't nobody ever bought you a Bible. If you just got out of old boy's bed or if you've been a virgin till you're 45. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that space where we can just come together as women and be fed and be taught and be loved on and be celebrated and be acknowledged contrary to whose church we're affiliated with or what our past is or what our sins are or what scarlet letter we wear. Um, because a lot of times as women, we go through stuff by ourselves because there's nobody that's willing to be transparent enough to say, no, nah, sis, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, sis, it's in the word. Like you can come out. You will come out. I've been there. I know it. I've walked it. I ain't walked it, but I'll walk, you, I'll walk with you. Um, and so Babes Who Know Bible is really just a place where that can happen. And mm-hmm. I feel like once we start to create kingdom relationships amongst women we can create kingdom relationships amongst the world absolutely and i think you know what you just did with that was like created the church the way the church is supposed to be because the church is the body the people Mm -hmm. coming together learning about christ and that type of thing so i think you're kind of separating from that religion piece yeah Mm -hmm. and focusing more on the relationship and the spiritual so that's that's really good yeah yeah i'm super excited um and there's women from all over, which is the interesting part about Babes. Uh, we've got a following in Houston. We've got a following in Detroit. Um, we have a following in some other random city that I can't even pronounce. Um, and I think that it just proves that when you are truly called to ministry, you're not called just for one little specific place, that God really calls us to the regions. He calls us to the nations. He calls us to the world. And so if you can create an environment and a space where women from all over who all have different backgrounds, we're all from different areas, can find that one piece of connectivity, then you can create ministry. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it's all about, and that's what we have to get back to. So I really Mm -hmm. admire what you're doing with the the base in the Bible. Thank you. I love it. Okay, our next guest. (laughs) Speaking of elevator speech. uh, (laughs) Right? uh, uh, You asked who I am. Um, I can honestly say I'm... This inspiring, fluid type of evangelistic, edge sword cutting type of person. Um, I'm becoming that person. Um, I would say um, definitely, um, I can admit it now. One of those voices that God is rising or raising in this next generation to um, just help change the face of church. Um, I can honestly say I am a recovering church addict. Um, from the so things that I've good. learned wow. um, and now just learning to reprogramming that once again it's not church it's kingdom that God is really trying to push Absolutely. so um, just being a kingdom minded a kingdom voice um, helping to reprogram reface resurface the church as we know it um, wow uh, yeah see so yeah that's who I am I am uh, one of those voices um <laughs> Listen, Jerome is blowing his own his mind own over here. Allow like, me to get yourself the chills. This is revelation to him. So, but I see, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stay tuned yeah. to, to my whole myself. Life. To myself. Yeah. To myself. It's, it's more to come. That's, that's, that's good. I'll leave it at that. That's awesome. But, Jerome, I will say um, I haven't known you for that long, but I do see your growth. 
from the last time we met and right. talked and you're really realizing what your gifts are and you're walking in them. Facts. I see it. So. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. Bro. Yes. <laughs> okay. So people, we have a quote. We have our famous quote that we always have here on the show that kind of stumps us <laughs> and makes us think. Um, so are we ready? Ready. We're ready. We really ready. We ain't never call. ready, but you know. <laughs> we gonna get ready. We gonna get it. Okay, so here it is. The human dilemma is not whether to do right or wrong, but rather to do right when it matters the most and wrong when it matters the least. One more time for the people in the back. Because <laughs> uh, we slow, but we worth waiting on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Let's, let's get it. Let's get it. Okay. So the human dilemma is not whether to do right or wrong, but rather to do right when it matters the most and wrong when it matters the least. And and think of this in terms of like sin. And I know me and Gabby were having a conversation mm-hmm. about like how do we choose the sins that we choose to commit? over others because we all sin but we we weigh them differently Mm -hmm. we pick and choose what's acceptable or okay Mm -hmm. to fit our lifestyle Mm -hmm. so that's where this quote kind of came in yeah so we don't have an issue of saying whether it's right or wrong because we know it's wrong and we gonna do it anyway that's Mm -hmm. not the issue but it's saying whether to do right when it matters or wrong when it matters the least First thing came to mind when you read it the second time was mm-hmm. a mask. Um, mm. And speaking of church unplugged, um, just going back to that, the Bible talks about, you know, there's always going to be a war going on between your fl- um, your flesh and your spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, doing the right things when it's good to do right versus doing the right things when it's not so good to do right mm-hmm. or type of situations where like first thing come to mind is like evangelism like nowadays and social media like oh yeah I'm doing this but yet and still I'm trying to build something for myself Wrong oh look is. what I'm doing your motives yes yeah. mm-hmm. the motives behind what you do plays a major role in that quote because oh yeah I'm doing this for notoriety notoriety I, you know what I'm trying yeah. to say <laughs> right. that's right that's I'm trying right. to do this for the clout yeah there you there go, you go. <laughs> You know, I'm doing this for for people to see, you know, what I'm doing. And, um, you know, I know the Bible speaks of, you know, yeah, men will realize or notice you for your good works. That's Jesus, of course. But people are their motives. Like, oh, yeah, I'm making a name for myself. But yet and still, you're giving grudgingly. That's the Bible. But, you know, it talks about giving grudgingly. You know, a lot of people equate that to my finances, but yet it's still my time. If I'm giving my time and then when I'm done, I get in my car, well, I could have been doing this with my time. Yeah. That's still giving grudgingly. And is that going to be, you know, noted? Mm-hmm. So um, that's what came to mind was, you know, you're giving, but where, where's your motives? Like, you know, yeah, you're up in front of these people. And I'm guilty of it. When I was in ministry, I'm not going to lie. You know, I was out there pretending to be something I wasn't, but behind closed doors, I was doing whatever I wanted. Felt conviction, but I, I didn't care because I was... Still, it was that, you know, I was feeding my flesh. But, you know, kingdom-minded now saying, okay, yeah, what you what you feed will grow and what you, you know, starve will eventually die. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, my motives, a lot has changed. Like, yeah, I'm all out to help the people now, but yet and still, 
nine times out of ten, you won't see me on um, social media. So, look, I'm giving the homeless man a, a gift card, some bread. Like, no, that's what you do, you know. So, yeah. Definitely. God does weigh the heart, and you don't have to always tell your left hand what your right hand is yeah. doing and vice versa. So, yeah. Oh, you better speak that word. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Miranda, what do you have for us? Um, I'm going to come all the way a whole different direction. Okay. I think this speaks to perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, mind you, I, I could totally be in my feelings, and I'll own it because I've moved there this week forward all my mail to my feelings (laughs) but um I think that sometimes like we make this decision of I'm going to do this because it doesn't really matter but what doesn't really matter to me could really matter to you Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of times we base decisions on our own personal entities, completely negating the fact that everything that you do affects the people that are connected to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to really imagine, like, is there such a thing as I do right when it matters the most and I do wrong when it matters the least because your least could be my most and my most could be his least. Mm -hmm. And so it's all going to have a large effect at the end of the day somewhere in somebody's life at some point. And so we have to put ourselves in the positions of understanding that what we do has a butterfly effect on the lives of everybody that we're connected to. And so there is really no this mattered the least. Because today it may have been a menial thing, but that little thing may blossom into something that's outrageous and now you can't handle it because you thought, well, I only did wrong in this one itty-bitty area that I didn't think had value. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we miss our callings and we miss our purpose and we miss meaningful relationships because we look at things as if they don't really have value Mm -hmm. and we miss the blessing that God is trying to give us because we felt like, well, it was the least thing to give up. And so you walked out on your lease, not knowing that was your wife. Hello? Mm. You walked out because that was the lease, not knowing that that was the place that your ministry was supposed to birth in. So now you study being broken over here because you were supposed to birth over there, but you couldn't see beyond what you could see. Mm -hmm. So I don't don't know that there is a a most or a least. Right. Because as the day changes, our priorities change. Right. We change. We change. You know, our feelings change. The way we think and look at things, you know, change. And that brings me to a thought of, like, there's more than one reality. There are multiple realities for people. Um, We all live in our perspective bubble. Mm -hmm. And we see the same thing totally different ways. Just like we're dialoguing about the same quotes, two totally different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that was really good. That's interesting, though. Um, and I agree with both perspectives. You just took it left, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, right. But I think just thinking about both perspectives, I feel like it sometimes gets hard because we live in a society where it's all about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're not really thinking about how my decisions or what I say or what I do can affect the next person. And then, you know, growing up in a household where you, I grew up in a household where um, there was like that fine line. Yes, there are some things where you do have to think about yourself, but then on the flip side, you have to think about others too. So what's that balance? You know what I mean? 
um, where you're like, okay, well, I have to worry about myself and then also extend whatever I need to extend to the next person. Mm. Like, how do you find that balance? I know for me, um, even going back to the quote again, like, what's right for me is right for me. I'm trying to work this. What's right for me is what's right for me. But how do you distinguish what's right for me or what's wrong for me? You know, yeah, it's the perception thing. But you understand, it's like, you know, you're doing the right things at the right time, but you're doing the right things at the wrong time. Like, going back to everyone has their devices. Everyone have their shortcomings. So it's just like, yeah, granted, like, we can all, once again, dialogue off the same quote. But, like, certain areas and certain things doesn't affect you the way that it affects me. So, you know, you have to learn yourself, first of all. I think before you try to touch anything ministry-related, you should or in life, general, um, you need to learn who you are oh, because yeah, you will put yourself out there <laughs> too fast, too quick. You're like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> wait a minute. No, no, no. It's not enough for this dog. You know, but it's those things you have to understand. Okay, yeah, this is my area of struggle or this is my area. Mm. Um, and some people, to us, once again, it's a perspective they're looking out or they're, you know, it seems that they're doing this for the cloud. Like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. But to some, how can you know that's not a level of accountability? Mm. You know, it's that accountability versus, oh, look at me, my motives. So once again, it's a, a period where you have to check your motives and the things that you do. Because once again, your motives can do, I'm doing this stuff behind the scenes because this is, I don't know, I'm just... Mm-hmm. It's just no, so you're different. On the right. you, it makes perfect yes, sense. you on the right track, and I definitely get it because it's a heart thing, mm-hmm. and you hear that yeah. sometimes in the church. Like you got to make sure your heart is right, and that's so true because it shows. Mm-hmm. Like your motives, you think they're in secret, but it, everything yeah. in you that it comes out, it, and people can absolutely see. Absolutely. You know, it's some of the weirdest are. times. Yes. So I, I look. I know being in ministry. I met uh, being under a leader years and years ago. Um, was just like, you know, oh, you need to cut your R&B music. I'll do this. And I, college, I collected CDs. I had over 100-some-odd CDs, and I would just listen. And then one day, you know, I didn't feel convicted by God, but I felt, um, got, um, felt convicted by my leader. Like, I feel like I need to give this up because they're telling me, you know, and then, oh, yeah, music. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Some songs can put you to a trigger place. Like, you know, Absolutely. I know. Yeah. I just turned down time. Don't turn on tweet because it's just like, <laughs> Ooh, she's going to take you there, you know. But, I mean, you have to know, once again, your struggles, your devices. Absolutely. But I felt convicted by, once again, the church making me feel as if, oh, if I listen to a certain type of music that I'm feeding my flesh. So I gave, you know, yeah, I gave them away. And it was like, no, you shouldn't have gave them away. You should have threw them away. Nah, bro. I spent a lot of money on this stuff, so right. I'm going to give it away. Somebody but it's just, it. It, it goes to, you know, once yeah. again, you have to find your heart. Your heart. It wasn't the music I was listening to. It was the conversations I allowed myself to have when I was listening to the music I was listening to. The music played a small part, but not a major part. So it's like we focus on the small parts, once again, and not the major parts. Okay, yes, you know, yeah, years down the line, I understand everything I had to go through in that period of my life has made me a better person and it's helping me to help other people. But yet and still, I'm not out here like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go talk to people about not listening to music. No, it's just like your motives, understanding like, ah, it clicks in my head. Oh, I had to go through, but I don't have to let everybody else know that that you know, chain of the journey that I had to face just for this five-minute conversation I'm going to have with a total stranger. Mm-hmm. So 
So you want to approach the people like you would have wanted to have been approached in that mm-hmm. situation? Definitely. And I know this is not about me, but the, I remember sitting in um, in a church van when I was driving years ago um, crying because um, I had an altercation um, incident with the um, pastor that I was serving. And I began to cry because I was like, how can you talk to me like I was this small when I'm literally serving and sacrificing so much time? So I cried. I remember sitting there. Um, I don't know why my mouth was just blah, blah, blah. Today. But anyway, <laughs> I remember sitting there in the church van crying. I was like, God, if you're calling me to ministry, make me relatable, but also make me understand and treat people the way that I desire to be treated and talked to. And I remember that prayer, and I was like, okay, God, you know, make me transparent as well. And then it's like, as soon as I said that prayer, it's like so much stuff was happening. But yet and still, I understand now what comes from the heart reaches the heart. And I want it to be relatable. And I, I sometimes I know, I know they say, you know, never ask God for a prayer, a prayer, a prayer that you're not ready for. Um, and I look back now, I was like, man, I wasn't ready, but at least I thought I wasn't ready. Mm. But I'm realizing now that I can talk to anybody, any kind of I can talk to anybody from and share my experience, and it's just like, oh my god, I'm there now, and I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't know, so I understand now that man, you know, God has answered that prayer. Yes, it was a lot of stuff that I didn't understand at the time that I had to face, but be careful what you pray for. That's the moral of the story. Be careful what you pray for because God will definitely do that, and once again, bring those things full circle and bring those things back to your mind. Like, bro, you asked for this, so why are you complaining and crying? You know. <laughs> So it's like it, 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 it's definitely a heart check. Um, you can't preach kingdom if you don't know what kingdom look like. Man, if you're not living, you know, showing it, showing mm-hmm. people what it looks like. So it, it, it's it, it's amazing. The scripture comes to mind: "Loving kindness have I shown thee." Mm-hmm. That's wrapped in compassion. Like, dude, like it does not matter what you've been through, what you're going through. God still loves you. Absolutely. If He didn't love you. <laughs> He wouldn't put you through that. He chastised those who he loved. But I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. And I think a lot of people are in ministry who have not had that self-reflection or that heart check. And they're, you know, spewing their, I would say, weaknesses on people. And it's affecting their witness. A lot of people can relate to that. Yes. They don't feel like they're being guided properly Mm -hmm. within the church and Mm -hmm. they're just so um they look up to their leaders you know and their pastors so and they're in a vulnerable place so whatever it's like whatever their pastor says goes like okay Mm -hmm. this is my leader i gotta listen because this is the life that i want to live and they're completely misled you know what i mean and it's unfortunate but i see it happen all the time but you know when something doesn't feel right when somebody is... And, but some people don't, though. I've seen people who are just so... They want... They want to feel a certain way. They want to be free. They want to be whole. And so if you're in a place where you... Let's say you've never heard about God and then you... Or, you, or you've lived your life a certain way that's, quote-unquote, not good according to the Word of God or whatever you want to say. Um, and then you finally feel like you're in a place or that you found somebody who can guide you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. People cling to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Religiously. Re- yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So it's like what they say goes. Um, 
And I feel like there sometimes people are in such a vulnerable position, they don't realize, okay, well, let me... I mean, they don't know to check the word of God to see if what they're mm-hmm. doing is okay. That's mm-hmm. the problem. They don't know. Yeah. They don't read. They, that too. Yeah. So there's nothing that as a leader you can say over me that I don't have the ability to fact check. Absolutely. Our problem in the black church is that whatever the man of God says got to be truth. Lies you tell. Mm-hmm. I can, we can all take, the same way we did it with quote, we can take one scripture and exhort that scripture and all preach from different points and say completely different things. Why? Because we have the charisma, number one, which is why a whole lot of people end up in a pulpit, not because you're called, but because you're charismatic. Ooh, say that again, Ooh. because there's a lot of them. <laughs> Listen, you just charismatic. You're not really called. And so I can... I can work this verse to make you believe that this is what it says. I ain't read nothing before it. I ain't read nothing after it. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes when you are really taught what that verse means, your mind blown. Wait, all my life they've been telling me this and it's yeah. wrong? Wrong. <laughs> wrong. As wrong. kitten heels. You hear me? Just wrong. <laughs> Just wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> we got to I live in my truth. (laughs) But we don't read. We don't study. And I think that that vulnerability comes depending on what stage of your walk you're in. As a babe in Christ, no pun or marketing purposes intended. You you know, (laughs) slipping in. As a babe in Christ, we... We take in whatever they feed us. The yeah. same way you do as, as a baby. It doesn't matter how. If it's a baby, it could be a newborn baby. If I give it a french fry, it's going to try to eat it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's not good for that baby because it doesn't have the ability to digest it. It's not good for the system. The same thing happens in spirituality, in church, in kingdom. Coming into your relationship with Christ, things have to be broken down a certain way so that you can understand it, so that it's beneficial to you. Our problem, though, is that too many of us stay there. Yeah. But the more you grow, the deeper your revelation. The, mm-hmm. There's different ways you have to be taught, different foods you need mm-hmm. for the betterment of your body. The flip side of that, though, is the higher you go, the thinner the air. And so the more you know and the more you grow in leadership, the more awareness you have. Mm-hmm. So when you walk into ministry, when you walk into leadership, when you become a servant, when you become an armor bearer, a minister yourself, a, a midwife, a whatever, you see things from a different perspective. So your charisma don't mean nothing because I know what you do at home. Mm. So you can sell it to old girl over here because she's broken. Yeah. But I've grown from broken, and now I'm birthing myself. So as my leader, either you're going to be a midwife or an abortion nurse. And I got to know which one I'm dealing with. And too many of us don't. Mm-hmm. So we end up just following whatever they say because we're in this vulnerable state. Don't listen to R&B music. I'm married. The Bible says the wedding bed, the married bed is undefiled. I can listen to who I want to listen to because I can do what I want to do. And God told me I can. So I can listen to tweet all day if I want to when I'm married. Why I got to throw the CDs away? I'm going to need these later. Hello. Hello. You see what I'm saying? So like. Hello. How? How? Okay, I get it. Not today. 
but catch me in six months. How about that? You, I might need that. So we, we don't do enough logical teaching because you're not always going to be at this stage of your life. So as you were saying, understanding your vices. Okay, this is a vice to me now, but this could be the ammunition I need in two years. Telling me to completely throw it away hinders my warfare. Because now I don't have this tool in my arsenal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not preparing people for the warfare that we go into. We're preparing them to come to church every Sunday morning. Be and be dependent. Hello. It's a business. Tag team back yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a business. It's, it's like you have, if you don't have six pe- sick people, you don't need hospitals. You know what I mean? That's so you church. have to have that. Someone told me that one of the elders that I served under, and I learned so much from her, she was like, you know, she would always say, the church is a public place. The church is just as public as the hospital. And I was like, girl, that don't make no sense. But growing and understanding, <laughs> it really is. It's a public place. Anybody can come in. There's different ailments, you know, in a spiritual sense. You know, and it's just like people come to get healed. People come to get the things that they need, the prescription and medicine. But who are they coming to get it from? Is it the preacher or are you coming to get it from God? The truth is, if you're in a good house, and I'm not pumping my ministry, (laughs) the word should always come as a confirmation of what's going on in your life or your own personal study. Mm -hmm. I can honestly say this, and I, like I said, once again, not pumping any ministry or anything else, but there haven't been a time since I've been in my ministry where I've felt as if my pastor has tapped my phone or have a camera in my house or just been in any of the conversations I've had. It's just like, how do you know exactly where I am? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, and that really serves because at one point in time it was where I was sitting in a, I don't want to say a house because that sounds so church, but I was sitting in the <laughs> church where I felt like all of your words was like conviction-based. I'm just like, oh, my God, you throwing me to the wolves. You throwing wow. me in the trash can yeah. because of decisions I made. I understand, and I understand conviction come from God. It, it really should come from God or your Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Like, okay, I'm finna touch this. And my spirit's like, no, don't touch it because if you touch it, it's going to lead to – that's where my conviction come in. But you sitting here telling me, oh, if you listen to this musical, if you go where you ain't supposed to go, like, once again, that's your perception of, but how do you know? Jesus went to bars. That's That was his ministry. Mm. Not saying, you know, go out there and party, kick it. But but to each their own level of conviction, God will give that thing. He would definitely do it. But it's like, you know, just because that's not your area and you're teaching people in the church not to go to that area, Who's ministering to that area? Exactly. It's just an open area for the devil to run, wrap it, and just do whatever he wants to do. When, like, dude, I'm called to this area. I'm. You see me here, and this has happened many a times. And I'm not, you know, I've been in clubs. I've been, we, we can be honest, I, you know, intoxicated. It's and okay, I, me too. And I would sit there, <laughs> and I would have conversations, finding myself talking to people out of situations while we're literally both yeah. intoxicated. But it's just like. Dang, God, how do you choose to use me in a situation like this? And it's like, oh, yeah, I used Noah. He was a drunk. I was like, hi. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Justify me. But yet and still, at the end of the day, like we, the church has taught or even strong enough to say brainwashed us to believe that we're not supposed to go into different areas when the word clearly tells us that we're supposed to go into these areas and pull the people. 
So therefore, the church, oh, thank you, Jesus. The church has been established versus kingdom. Now I'm talking church, not kingdom. Mm. The church has been established to remedicate the same people over and over. Listen. Instead of bringing in the people that really needs the assistance, the help. So it's like, if I find your niche, I find your thing, I'm going to speak to that thing. I'm going to hit it here. Like, okay, God, I hear you. We're creating crackheads in the spirit. You come Sunday, you get that hit that you need. It lasts you a while, but you come back again just to get that same kind of hit. But there's no change taking place. Oh. You just becoming dependent and on it out. The pastors are in the pulpit calling it out. You don't read. You don't study. You don't follow up. You leave here at the same way that you came, you know, you were when you came. So they know this. And Actually, you're trying to convict the people out of it. But it's not working. No, I think at some point... Um, we have to take all of that responsibility off of the pastor. Yes, mm-hmm. there is a certain level of responsibility, but it is up to us absolutely to be responsible to get in the word of God and to really study it and have that relationship with yep. God because I cannot put my salvation in any man. They're mm-hmm. not going to get me to heaven. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So unless I'm doing the work, um, I'm going to be that same broken person that I was when I walked in last Sunday. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it goes both ways. And I think a lot of people are putting their salvation, if you will, in their pastor's hand. And that's a sad thing. I can gauge the room. Once again, I'm always gauging stuff. Gauge the room. And I can say, I can ask the question. Did your life really change when you learned to take your salvation into your own hands? Did your life really change when you took the initiative to realize that I have my own relationship with God? Yeah, but my and I can see Him for myself, seek Him for myself. Absolutely, my thing is they're not promoting that type of relationship though. They're promoting services. Come to church, nine a.m., ten a.m. You know, Mm eleven o'clock, one o'clock. We have all these services for you, but you're not promoting the fact that. You should build your own relationship, you know, and I don't think I don't know if they even know the effectiveness. I think, you know, most churches think that what they're doing is effective. They come in every Sunday, every Wednesday. You know, we have in all these different programs, but are your people are not changing. You're in charge of these people. What are you teaching them? If you're teaching them to seek and for yourself, they'll do that. They'll mm-hmm. do that because they'll follow you. You're the leader in this. Yeah. So it's just like it, it makes you question the current or, you know, the structure of church. What are you really teaching? Because you get up there, you, you know, you take a scripture, you talk about it for an hour or two, and we leave. Yeah, we learned that scripture and we learned what, how you perceived it and what you thought about it. But we didn't really learn to seek God. We didn't really learn how to pray. Like a lot of people sitting in church don't even know how to pray. So yeah. it's just like, what are you really teaching? That's why, I mean, it, it's it's really uh, church unplugged conversation to really have, <laughs> where like you you have these pop up ministries, and I'm just being honest, you have these pop up ministries, and you have these ministries where, you know, yeah, there's a good word is going forth, and you know, we sit here, we, amen corner, you know, get a little dancing, all this good stuff, but at the end of the day, um, it's good to be at a Bible based church. I. I I've done my comparisons. I live down in Champaign. Um, and I've always, when I want to get away from my feelings and my emotions, I would attend a predominantly 
Caucasian church Absolutely. because the worship was so sincere and pure. And I and I had a conversation with one of my friends. They was like, well, they worship different because they don't struggle like we struggle. I'm pretty uh, sure they, yes, do. they do. But wow. once again, their perception is totally different than ours because the black church, they come with their feelings and their emotions on their sleeve. Yeah. And the pastor has learned to pull on those insecurities and speak to them once again to create those crackheads. A circus. Hello. And people, you trying to figure out why you keep running into clowns? Because you keep going to the circus. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> like, at a certain point, and I'm so glad that you brought up the diversity of worship. Yes. When you are really at the point where you need the word, all of that, yeah, and that asthma breathe, that preacher, I can't hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, that over, like, I, like are you okay? You, can't, you was breathing just fine. Like, like 30 yeah. seconds ago, he put you in E-flat, and now all of a sudden you need an albuterol breathing wow. treatment. I, I need a breathing treatment, too. Yeah. But we have to get to a place where it's bigger than exhortation. Black church is the exhortation of Scripture. It is not the teaching. Mm. Yeah. And so we don't know the difference. Mm -hmm. We don't know that there is a breakdown. What does this word mean in the Hebrew? What does it mean in the Greek? This word don't even exist, which means we're taking this scripture and thinking it means this, but they just had to put this word here because there was no word for it there. And so what God was really saying was this, and that's why you jacked up because you got a whole misinterpretation of what this is. Mm -hmm. That's why you can't get out. That's why. And what we end up doing is, you're right, we create these... um, spiritual crackheads that bounce from rehab center to rehab center Mm -hmm. and so now over there i was addicted to this but now i went to this rehab center where they didn't i ain't got that addiction no more but now i got this one and now i ain't got this addiction no more because now i'm over here and they didn't cure me from that but now i got this one we don't sit still long enough to be taught either yeah so when it comes down to like it's not just the pastor's responsibility I agree wholeheartedly with that because when you get to heaven, they ain't going to be like, oh, well, you know, I understand you was a part of uh, Bishop Lala's church and Mm -hmm. she ain't really have her stuff together. So come on in. I'm just going to excuse you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, you have the same opportunities that that leader had to go in. It's a personal walk. It has to be a personal walk. Mm -hmm. It has to be. And if you are not focused enough on your personal walk and, and not focused on who's watching where you walk in, then you can get farther. Yeah. We're so consumed with what people going to think, what they going to say, whose ministry I'm under. Oh, I go here just to say I go to this person's church, but you're not getting nothing. Mm-hmm. I would rather be in a storefront church where it's six or seven of us and I know I'm growing than be in a mega church and don't nobody ever know I'm there. Mm-hmm. Because we don't establish relationships. We don't establish relationships in ministry. We don't establish relationships with God. So God could be talking to you and talking to you and talking to you and talking to you, but because you don't have a relationship with him, you don't know that that's him talking because hmm. you don't know his voice. And the pe- word says, they really my people will know, know my voice. Yes. Yeah. So if you don't know his voice, you're not his people. A lot of people struggle with that. I don't know if I can hear the voice of God. Like, why not? If you quiet mm-hmm. long enough, I promise you, you'll hear I it. Don't know. It's the generation we live in. Um, popcorn generation. Like, I, I had to learn for myself. Like, nah. I can't pray at 9.42, get up at 9.45 and expect God to speak. No, you need to sit still Mm. and just 
get to the place out of your thoughts, out of your feelings and emotions. I had to learn, once again, for myself. And that's one thing I can honestly say. Yes, I love God. I love God. I love my ministry. I love everything. But at the end of the day, it boils down to you having that relationship with God. Yeah, so many people do. And I was guilty of putting my salvation, all that in the you know hand of another person. But I had to realize, as we stated before, you know, when you get up there and that's that, you know, that judgment seat, no one name is going to come up at all. And I had to learn, like, no, you did this wrong. You did this. He's going to correct me for what I didn't do with the time that he gave me. Mm-hmm. He's not going to bring up, oh, well, you know, you were at this ministry. No, I, I, I know God well enough to know. I could be wrong, but... <laughs> That's not. I mean, none of this, none of that stuff is going to come up. Mm-hmm. The the works that you do, like and why you did them. My desire, and I, I pray once again. I pray. I, this is my relationship with God. When you decide to call me home, don't lie. Don't let me die dead. Let me die done. That's good. Mm-hmm. So everything that you have assigned for me to do, it's done. It's complete. So it's like, you know, I'm learning now, okay, learning how to say no. Because, once again, you know, you're saying yes to people and they sleeping at night. But yet it's still, you're stressed out. You're doing. Mm-hmm. So you you have to learn. Like, the church, the, the setup of church, listening to your leaders. Oh, you called. You called. People equate that you're called automatically to the pulpit. When clearly that's not. not everybody's yeah. area of calling. Yeah. It's not. I mean, the church have bamboozles a lot of people to think that you're supposed to be a pastor. No, yeah, you can speak to people. You can, you have the charisma and everything, but your heart, your heart. I know it's a profession. It's a career to some people. Preaching, oh, yeah, I'm going to open and get this money. No. Your heart. Because the truth is you can get millions of dollars doing it, but it, if you're not changing lives... What are you doing? You're, that's not you, your calling. That's right. not your area. Right. And here's the thing, y'all. Like, There's souls on the line. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that is the part that people are putting by the wayside. Mm-hmm. That is the part that's becoming this is the worst for the less. Yeah. You're forgetting about the fact that you are dealing with people's lives yeah. <laughs> and church has gotten to a place where people are walking out more broken than they were when they came in and now we have a problem church has gotten to a place where it is a mockery people are laughing at us <laughs> I don't want to know the God you talking about because if the God that you serve is making y'all act like this I may as well stay where I'm at mm-hmm. You are going to be the only representation of Christ that some people ever encounter. What are you showing them? If I ain't never been to church before and I walk into your church, I don't care if you the pastor or a president of the pew board. <laughs> what, are, what, did, what do they get? Church has become another place where we're just territorial about this is my seat and I don't want nobody in it. You have no idea that that girl wandered in here after just being assaulted and you mad because her skirt too short. Mm-hmm. You have no idea that, that this man's wife just walked out on him and you just trying to figure out why he's so over the top. It don't take all that. It does take all that. Mm-hmm. Because we don't have enough compassion to get to the hearts of people. Because we don't even know how to get to our own. 
Like we yeah. have a lot of stuff and we just don't deal with it because we don't know how. And it comes out. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it, you spew yeah. it out on other people. Mm-hmm. All the, I mean, and I don't even think, like the people perish for a lack of knowledge. It's yeah. a lot that we don't know in regards to God and what they promote yes. with the church. And I think the, the pastors really think that the church is the only capacity where they can share the word mm-hmm. in a way that is, I guess they feel like they're honoring God because they're in front of people at a pulpit. But that's that's not the only capacity where you can save a soul or really minister to someone or really teach them how to go to God for themselves. So I think once we get that understanding over, you know, just church, 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 church all the time, that's when people will start to be, you know, real life saved and real life have these relationships that they're supposed to have. Yeah, and we still got to stop being lazy. I still have to put that accountability on us. Um, In transparent moment, I realized I was a lazy Christian a few years ago, Um, like two or three. I'm a PK, grew up in church. My grandfather was a pastor. My dad's a pastor. And I, when I was attending my dad's church, I was just feeling some type of way. Not that he was a bad leader or anything like Mm that. Um, But God had told me that, like, you need to leave your dad's church. What you mean, fam? No, I'm good. So I kind of ignored it. And so God was like, I'll give you more time. And then it just, like, hit me one day. I woke up. He was like, today's the day you need to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, sweating bullets because that's all I knew was my dad like what he's my dad he's my pastor i'm not going nowhere god like you're you're tripping Mm -hmm. and so i sat my dad down and i'm like like we gotta talk like i was almost in tears and so i had told um my dad like i heard from god um he confirmed it in a dream like just hearing god's voice and i was like i have to leave this church i was like i have no idea why i was like but i know that i heard from god and my dad was like, all right, bye. He was like, you don't serve me. You serve God. So if he's telling you that you got to go, then you got to go. Um, and that was a weight lifted off of my soul, uh, my shoulders just because you never know. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So as I, when I left the church and I started visiting other churches and attending um, another church and I saw myself beginning to grow, God was like, do you see why I had you leave? I wasn't doing any work. Mm-hmm. I thought I was cool. Like, I knew that I was saved. But, I mean, since my dad is my pastor, I never felt like I had to open a Bible. My dad is the Bible. Like, you ask him anything and everything, he will teach you. He will give you the Hebrew, the Greek, all of that. He's very knowledgeable. So, it's like, Dad, what's this? What is this? So, that's who I went to. I never thought that I had to. I didn't understand that I needed to form a relationship mm-hmm. with God. And when I did that, the struggle was real. Mm -hmm. I literally had to unlearn everything. I literally had to figure out who I was um, without being under the leadership of my father. So that was something else. Then I had to figure out who God was for me. That was a, I'm like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. where'd I do this at? Because I don't want to do, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But I had to make that choice. And I think a lot of times, um... When the struggle does get real, we stop because we feel like once we do begin to follow Christ, stuff is going to get easier. And that is completely false. 
that's when the that, that's when yes. stuff hits the fan nine right. times out of ten in that struggle. But before we can even see the light at the end of the tunnel in that mess is when we stop. And God's always like, if you trust me, like, look, G, this is this is what's going to grow you and move you and shift you to that next level. But you're so stuck. We, we don't look at things with the spiritual eye. We look at them with the physical eye. And in the season that I'm in, I'm really learning how to do that um, and shifting my perspective and really trusting God. Like, okay, like, you haven't failed me, so I'm going to, I don't want to. And I tell God, like, gee, like, you're tripping. I don't want to do this. This is stupid. I'm upset. I'm angry. This is raggedy. (laughs) Why Keisha around the corner could be living her life, thotting and bopping, but you telling me I got to wait. Nah, fam. What you mean? (laughs) And God's like, gee. Chill out. Trust me. Because if you don't, you finna be with old little raggedy Tyrone. And you said you didn't want nobody like that, right? So chill out. Fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just the struggle is real. And, and I think, and I don't think a lot of leaders tell you that. It's like, follow God. It's going to be blissful. I mean, it can be, but. After blisters. Uh, after, <laughs> hello. Hello. I'm. How many times I'll be like, God, I don't want to do this no more. I like, think really? that's everybody yeah. in some form of ministry is like, God, why? 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 <laughs> you said one thing, and it really stood out to me. Um, and so I know a lot of people serve. Let's put it that way. I'll just say people serve in different capacities. And I know you hit on it last time where you have people placed in positions that, A, they shouldn't be in, mm-hmm. um, A, because they're not listening to God. Um, but when you, you said what you said, it, it just really uh, struck a chord, a good chord. Um, you have a lot of people serving in ministries for the notoriety or, um, I said that word again, uh, or the clout. <laughs> you said it right, though. Of, um, <laughs> of performing ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, you know I'm active in four ministries at my church, and I'm there from seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> till four member. o'clock in the evening. <laughs> but yet, and still, it goes back to your heart. Um, and as you stated, um, listening, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but you become or you you became dependent on your dad, your leader. Yeah. And it was the point you, you, I'm pretty sure, you know, PK, you, you had your hands in multiple ministries at your dad's yeah, church. Yeah, I never wanted to do. And it was just <laughs> like, you know, you were, you, right. You were acting, you were not acting, but you were performing and being part of these different organizations. Yeah. Like Friends of the Baptist Church, you know, clubs and auxiliaries and all this stuff. But one is, yet is still, you did those things out of obligation, which is so not fair to begin to operate out of obligation, especially when you don't have the heart for it, first of all. Mm-hmm. But you understand that's what's wrong with the church now. We place people in these positions to be dependent on us fully and wholly. So if I place you in a position that requires you to check in with me, not only are you feeling a vo- feeling a void of being needed, mm-hmm. but you're not putting the work in for yourself, but yet it's still, what we do is, we fuel our leaders' insecurities. Hmm. If we're not careful with that, because if people are insecure and they have these things, I want to be needed or heard all the time, yet and still, I, I hear it, but I'm trying to word it the way I hear it. Take your 
what we do is we feed into other people's insecurities. So the areas you're insecure in, of course, with the little power that you have, you're going to take it to the full length that you can. Mm-hmm. So yet and still, we have a lot of insecure leaders that are operating in insecurity and feeding those things. So it's like, yeah, if I can have a group of people depending on my voice, I'm going to milk that as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So once again, that goes to show you, I'm not going to preach your own relationship because I know once you get a hole or the scales be removed from your eyes, you're not going to depend on me as much as you used to. So it's like, I want you to need me as much as you need Christ. Hello. There you go. Okay. But once you realize, once again, for yourself, that I can have God or I can get to God without you being... Yeah, the middle you, man. Without you. That's without scary. you being the middle man. Period. I don't need a liaison anymore because I can go to it for myself. That same because they pulled that down. Because yeah, that was all that. tore down. Because that's been torn down. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to go to the Holy of Holies for me. I can go all by myself. By myself. And that, then, that's why I'm not Catholic because I don't. I, no shame. It's too much. But I just got an <laughs> issue with the fact that I have to come to you to tell you what I did like I don't already know what I did. And you not going to nobody because y'all keep ending up on the news. Because mm. you going to be standing next to God with his book or nah? no? No. No? Okay. So See, I it goes <laughs> to show you, like, I watch a lot of TV and I do a lot of, you know, research, whatever. There's a lot of, a high rate of suicides within pastors and leaders. Mm-hmm. And that that's a problem. Absolutely. That's a problem. It goes like, you know, yeah. Your unspoken is killing you mm-hmm. while you're out here <laughs> attacking other people. Right. What what you're not doing is what's killing you. Yeah. And and that's sad because once again, that's you have to learn like the, the kingdom mindset versus the church mindset. What are they teaching them in seminary? Scripture, how to execute the word. Hmm. I mean, like I just you, did different classes, And it's so funny things, because but. I'm a nerd by nature, right? So my thing is, if I'm going to walk in it, I'm going to walk it all the way out. So I'm looking at programs, masters in divinity, masters in theology. I really, I, let, let's see what this is about. There are legit masters level divinity and theology programs where the class is creation of sermons. That's what I'm thinking. Like, this is textbook the because class you see is, it mm-hmm. so much. And so you That's can be, what they teach. They teach you how to master the presentation of leadership and pastoral ordination. There is a program, I promise you, surely as I sit here, an accelerated master's in divinity program. In order to be accepted in this Master's in Divinity program, you have to already be in the process of your ordination. That doesn't make any sense to me. Hmm. So I, I'm, I already know I'm finna be the pastor. Ain't the point for me to be educated before I come into this position so that I have enough background knowledge and understanding to be effective? So a lot of those programs are structured around presentation which low-key makes me look at you a little strange because all you went to school to master was how to perform Mm -hmm. 
I knew it had to be. You need a master's in the arts because you're a. This is a performing art. Jesus. Because you're not giving me hello. I'm saying because you're not no right. It's a phenomenal school. Have your way, and they're expensive. But you're not giving me. My thought is, there are people that are going to follow. Give me enough. There's enough word that no matter what I pour out, you have enough to refill me. Give me that. Teach me that. That's not what they're taught, so that's not what they teach. And they're programmed already before they hit the pulpit. That's why they have to go through these programs in order to lead the people a certain way. And it's leading them really away from Christ Mm -hmm. and towards the building, the church, the institution, the business. So my thing is, okay, he doctor, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But you're raggedy. But because because you're, you are, you now have PhD level performance. Can't tell me nothing. Mm. So you, you see what I'm saying? So doing that research and studying on your own is a blessing and a curse. Because God has delivered my mouth, but he has not yet delivered my face. So I know how to be quiet. I just don't know how to not look at you like you stank. So don't come in here introducing yourself to me with all your titles and letters. Because now what you're saying to me is you you're know how to be real dummy. charismatic. <laughs> and you're prof- Exactly. You're professional. And you're, you're, professional. you're a professional clown. I got you. Cool. Now, now say something so I can tell you whether or not your scripture is, is valid. Mm-hmm. You know what? There is just not enough transparency. I feel like even getting into the ministry, somebody needs to be transparent and be like, look. There is a level of responsibility. Because like you were saying earlier, Miranda, you have lives. People's souls are at stake. And if you are not, if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't know who you are, period, how can you lead these souls to Christ the proper way? If you don't know your scripture, if you don't have a, if you don't know how to hear from God, you know, stuff like that, it's going to weigh on you. Because I bet he ain't tell you to tell that girl that she need to buy all spandex. Hello? Ain't no, ain't no Jesus in that nowhere. Nowhere. And it's so great. No you got a whole mega church that's applauding you, and you just broke her in front of all of these people. Mm-hmm. All of these people. Ain't no way God is finna tell you, oh, it's a spirit on you. We finna, they've been caught. No, 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 And not just her, but what other souls did you just tear up? And now it's all over social media. So now everybody done seen it. Everybody got church hurt because now don't nobody want to talk about it. And then you got people who do want to talk about it and drag you on it. Mm-hmm. And and, yep. and then the other half want to celebrate it. Exactly. Well, let's deal with it. No, no, no. Deal with that back there. Deal with her brokenness not in the presence of all of these people because mm-hmm. she was already broken when she got here. Standing on the foolish foundation of, well, she volunteered for it. And you know what you volunteered for? To be her leader. And as my leader, there is an expectation that you're going to take me farther than the place that I'm in. That's why you're the leader. And it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I think they get so confused as to why it doesn't, why people leave your church, you know, why your members are not growing. The same petty Betty that was been here for 15 years, she's still petty. She's still antagonizing mm-hmm. people in the church, you know. Yep. So, and then they want to get offended. Mm-hmm. Then they want to get offended because yep. somebody left. 
okay, well, I had to grow, which is why I appreciated my dad being his daughter because I was so concerned with what other people think. And I was like, Dad, what are people going to think? Um, how are they going to feel? How are they going to react? He's like, you think I care what they think? He's like, I'm doing my job because this is what God called me to do. He was like, I don't care if you leave. He's like, if your mama leave, if everybody leave, and God still calls me to that church and talk to myself, that's what I'm going to do. He mm-hmm. was like, stop caring what they think. Yeah. He's like, I can't get you into heaven. I was like, really? You sure? He was like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But a lot of leaders don't think that way. Yeah. If you leave another church, you're going to die and go to hell, and I hate you now. But yesterday, you liked me. When I was starting on you when I was, okay? When I was under your leadership, we was gucci then, but now all of a sudden, I got to go, and... Now and now the next month worth of sermons is about me. Right, oh, right, right. Because as long as you're wait. a part of the program, <laughs> as long yeah. as you're a part of the performance, they're fine. If you yeah. mess up something that on the program, they have an issue. Mm-hmm. It's an issue. Yeah. Because you're doing the children's church and you're doing the Bible studies, so I got that taken care of. I got a body in this area. I got a a, a choir leader lead singer so i got that i got my musician musicians in, t- in check so mm-hmm. it's just like that's the business aspect of absolutely it. Like all needs are met you know all seats are filled if you will um and that's a dangerous place like yeah you know um gifts and callings come without repentance it definitely says that in the word you know and you have these people are placed in certain positions that their heart is not right they're doing whatever they want and i'm a firm believer Heart to heart, breast to breast. So whatever you're dealing with, you 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 like you're, you're literally cutting yourself Sunday after Sunday and bleeding on these people because your heart is not in the right place. It's a it's a bad place, um, kingdom minded. But for church, you're right on target. I mean, for the church mindset, you're right on target. Place of people, oh, you know, yeah, and it it creates monsters because yeah, I understand we're in a movement where you you know if you you're called to do things, yes, you could do it scared, but yet and still, there's a different mindset when you're doing it, and your heart is unpure, your motives are, are just completely wrong because at the end of the day, where, where, where is God getting the glory? Like, where is God getting the glory? Um, I always joke and play um, with some of my coworkers. I I tell them, you know, God is still using asses. You know, he used to use asses from the Bible. Like, you know, take them (laughs) and transport people from one place to another. He's doing that still. You know, he's still using people. You know, and I mean, literally your situations and circumstances should take you from one place to another. But once you're dependent on the church, that's a dangerous place. Like, um, I took a you know personal sabbatical like two weeks. Like, I didn't go to church. I streamed service. I heard it, and just the peace that I had at home, sitting there watching, and just listening to every word that came out of my pastor's mouth, it was just like great because you didn't have your neighbor tapping you. Ooh, and no, because I'm distracted by you yeah. attaching to what he's saying. Oh, that was me this week. Yeah, I didn't need none of that. <laughs> but me sitting here focused, it really caused me to do an eternal check. Mm-hmm. Like my own personal, like man, you know, yeah. Granted, and I, I, I know you gave a, a kudos at the beginning, like you know, you saw my growth or whatever. But like I've been pushed. Miranda's one of my pushers. Like I call them my midwives. But I've done things the last two weeks that I said I would never do spiritually. I was like, God, I don't want to. I, I ain't on that with you. Like, I, and God would tell me, like, I need you to do this, and I'm like, Nah, good. I'm good on you. I'm good on you. And then. I find myself doing that very thing. God is like, ha, got you. You know, but it's just like that. You you have to learn your own relationship with Christ. Stop um, running. And, you can't run. 
And, and you can't just have a relationship <laughs> you with him not run from it. You can't. It's more than a Sunday it's thing. Like I just actually ordered a Monday t-shirt that says it's more than a Sunday thing. Yes. It is. It, it's definitely more than a Sunday thing, having a relationship with Christ. Um, and you need to find yourself, if you're not in a Bible-based church or a church where you're not, where the word is not a confirmation of where you are in your life, what you studied yourself, or in alignment with your prayer life, you need to do some reevaluation because if you're feel, feeling a need in ministry, but you're not at a good place to receive ministry, you're in mm-hmm. a dangerous place. Mm-hmm. You're definitely in a dangerous place. I've served <laughs> to the point of I was there. It was a full-time job on Sundays, 7 to 3. But when it was time for me to sit there and get the word, I was just like, I'm just so over everything. I'm literally going to pull out my phone and just... Because when you are so active and engulfed and engaged in ministry, it becomes a task. Well, yeah, like, oh, on Sunday, I'm there. Put on my performance outfit. Let's do this. And to the point that you're not even ministry-driven anymore. Your obligation and, yeah, and active and action-driven. Like, oh, yeah, Sundays is prime time. It's you know? the performance. <laughs> it's you the performance. Gotta, the dead performance. Perform. If you're not here. You don't get frowned upon. You're not even thinking about your spiritual. You're thinking about, you know, the order of service. Did this go right? Did this go right? And you have to, you know, have all this in your mind before you get before the people. But that's the importance of having your own relationship. So you can be full during the week. So when it is time to pour, you're not pouring from an empty cup. Listen, it's the blind leading the blind when it comes to not knowing who you are and then ministering to people. You know what I'm saying? And then having to go out and share what you're getting. It's just like you're, what you're getting is not being filtered through. You're not really understanding. And what you're getting is what you're teaching. And it's just like, it's a cycle. Yep. Yeah, cycles create cycles. <laughs> right. <laughs> Them crackheads. <laughs> we just don't have time. Spiritual crack. Oh, my goodness. That was funny. <laughs> But so I have a question. Let me ask you, um, what happens when people decide to literally leave and not go back? Like, what do you think or what does the church think of those? Go back to church, period, or that particular church? Yes, like, period. From experience, I know I'm I'm old, but um, I left a church. I left ministry as a whole. I mean, ordained, licensed, um, you name it, I was doing it. And situations just kept, I was like, you know what, forget it. So I remember sitting, um, I removed, you know, I, was, I set myself down, I, you know, gave him the letter, like, you know, hey, I'm just going to step away from ministry for a while. I'm still going to attend the ministry, but I'm just not going to be active and involved. Um, so they want to call me, oh, you know, you in your flesh because you burn out. No, I don't want to hear this stuff right now. Like, like you said, when you hold multiple positions or, you're pretty much doing four or five things on a, any given Sunday. When you remove yourself, oh, it's a big void. They gonna feel it. So yeah. it was like, no, you came. Maybe you know, you know, just do some things here and there. You and I was like, no, I know what, what, what I it is right what now. I said. So I missed <laughs> one Sunday. Basically. You know, I missed I a Sunday, <laughs> and the ministers had a meeting, and then it was this big old pray for you know brother Jerome because he's going oh. through, and I'm just like, wait a minute, I'm not going through. I just need to. Remove myself. So I'll never forget that one Sunday I sat there. The word was going forth. I was so, like, zoned out. I was not 
And I began to cry. It takes a lot for me to cry. And I was sitting there and I was crying in service. I was like, and as you said about your you know, story, God was like, it's time to go. And now, mind you, I held on because of obligation. I held on because I had ties with the people that was there. Some of the people there were great. I mean, very instrumental in my growth in God, helping me build a relationship, all of that good stuff. But I remember getting up, walking out, and my spirit saying, don't beat yourself up. Don't look back. But this is your last time here. And I'm like, Okay, God. <laughs> I don't get it, but I don't understand. And I literally left church ministry, and I stayed out of ministry for a year. Um, me, I always had to find a reason to justify anything that I do. So I went and got two part-time jobs. So I had a full-time job, two part-time jobs. So when someone say, hey, come to my church, no, I have to work. And I wouldn't Listen, be lying. So that's out. how I was. You know, yeah. so it's like I remember, recall, and as you say, it's easy to leave a place when you're completely broken. Not the broken that God desires, or maybe that could have something to do with they both run alignment. But once you're broken, you're hurt, feel mishandled, misled, all of those things. It's just like it's you just easy to you say, just you know what? Break. It's just like a woman, and we can be honest. That's an abusive relationship. Yes, I know it's not good for me, but it's just something that keeps me there. But when you finally break, you break. You're mm-hmm. done. So that's how it was. Like, when you break it, you break it. You're done. You're gone. And it was so easy for me to sit up and say, I'm not going to church. Yes, it struggled. I struggled because that was a part of me. So I had to learn how to reprogram. Like, man, but I don't see how people don't have no spiritual thing. And in that period, I ain't going to lie, like, the first two months, I was just like, I'm done with God. I'm done with church. Because if you love me, it's those things that people say, if you love me, why are you going to let me go through this, God? Like, I'm done. And I literally had to force myself not to pray, <laughs> force myself not to stream any service, you know, and I was even stubborn to the point, like, I wouldn't even live to listen to gospel music because sometimes God would speak through gospel music. So I literally <laughs> had that moment, like, I'm just done with it all because I got to that place because, once again, it's like we said the last time, you just sweep so much stuff under the rug until yeah. you have no choice but to look back like, man, okay, <laughs> the rug, the stuff under the rug is just as tall as me now, so I have to address some things. So, I mean, it, it really is easy to leave a place of hurt when you make up in your mind. But returning is like that whole prodigal son thing. I knew that it was time for me to return when God literally set me down and was like, it's not about the people. It's never about the people. It's never about the people that are up before you. Once again, that's my philosophy. God still uses, you know, asses to this day. Well, he had to use those situations to get me from where I was then to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Because even when I moved back to Chicago, I joined a mega ministry because it was just like a, everyone, all do, my friends right? in Chicago <laughs> knew, you know, yeah. all my friends in Chicago knew that I carried ministry and I carried it well. I mean, not you know, sometimes I don't give myself the credit, but I know what I'm capable of doing once I walk fully in what God wants me to walk in. So it was just like, nope, I'm not going over there because they already told me, if you come over here, I'm putting you to work. Now, why sign up for something I don't want to do? So I literally... Thought I would hide in the ministry until my pastor called me out a couple months ago and was just like, ah, you're too tall to hide. You know, you're too tall to hide, first of all. You know, but he called me out on it, but I'm appreciative of the fact that I did sit as long as I sat and was doing things here and there and then to understand that you have a leader that actually recognized and noticed that you've been making these moves behind the scenes. And it's just like, no, nah, you can only do this for so long. They so, see you. They see your gifts no matter how much you try to hide it. Like, like I said, what's in you comes out. And you exude it whether you think you are or not. Like, people mm-hmm. see 
your gifts and your talents and who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can only expose it in the in a right capacity, like when it's safe. Like you say, your pastor, you feel comfortable in your environment, mm-hmm. right? Like it's that time to release it. So everything happens in time, yeah. in the right time. God doesn't waste anything. I think it's hard, like in situations like that, to God doesn't waste anything. So even in the chaos and mess, like all things work together. Yeah. But when you're in a situation like that, because when I left my dad's church, I found a church that I loved. I was a part of. And then the pastors left and didn't tell anybody. So we didn't have church. Go to church one day. Surprise, we're not here anymore. So it was a lot. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm trying to do this. on my Like, it was drama. And we could see the drama happening. But, and everybody was confused. And then it just, you know. But for me, I was just like, forget church. Like, I still love God. I was still a Christian, but I'm like, this is a lot. (laughs) So for me, especially when I could just literally wake up, go across the parking lot, you know, this church, I was traveling. I'm putting in work, so why isn't it working? I don't understand. So with that situation, it, um, it was hard for me to not blame God you know what I mean and be like God this is your fault I don't understand kind of like where you were at like this is stupid I don't I don't get it so I and I'm still not a part of a church home I do I visit a lot of different churches um just because it's it's first of all that's a whole nother topic trying to find a church that you're called to but anywho um, Write that down. That'd be a good. <laughs> Remember that. No, really, that's, that, that's a good one for real. Um, because you get to choose your um, your doctors, your physicians. Hello. But, but hey, sometimes you can't choose your church. You can't home. listen. So it was hard for me at that particular time to say like this is a God thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like I said, in the midst of everything, you're like God, I. Why are you allowing this to happen? Like, this makes no sense. I know I'm supposed to go to church. I'm trying to go to church. I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to do that. And I understand, like, as the people, we are the church. Right. I get that. But it's like. <sighs> well, maybe he is trying to tell you, like, why, why do you think you have to go to church? It's important to have a community of people who are um prayerfully like-minded and like-spirited it's accountability too you know it's not that way all the time when you mix yourself in a room full of people you don't know you don't know their spirits you don't know their hearts so it's Mm -hmm. just like their spirits and their energy is in there you feel it absolutely so it's just like why not come to i mean there's people who feel the same way that you feel why not gather a group of people and you guys learn together versus being in those mega churches amongst all of those people and not really feeling connected Mm -hmm. like i I think church and pastors really 
don't want us to, or want us to know of a different option of receiving the word of God and having that relationship. And that's why I think the whole you have to know God for yourself and do the work for yourself comes in. Everybody I, does I, ha- I have, everybody doesn't. Mm-hmm. I have walked into a church and I'm like, there is no anointing on yeah. this pastor. You can feel oh, it. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But me recognizing that only came with me having a relationship with God, me being able to recognize when I do hear the voice of God. Um, and I've walked into churches where I'm like, oh, my goodness. As soon as I step in, it's heavy because mm-hmm. God is there. And I'm like, mm. this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mega churches, small churches, it doesn't matter. So for me, um, and just where I'm at with God, I know a church is where I need to be just to have that community of people, um, to hold myself accountable, okay, to um, just be amongst other believers, you know, because this this walk is hard, yeah. okay, it but- is hard. It absolutely is. But my thing is, like, are we really in communion with the people that we attend church with? Like, because we'll, you know. That's up to you. If you want to I come from, I'm from the South, so we have smaller churches. Mm -hmm. We don't have, you know, that many members in the congregation. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it feels, you're in a room full of people. You all have your own separate issues on things that you're coming here for. That's fine. But if you are really seeking God, why don't you have compassion for the person that's sitting next to you or the people that you see every week? Like some people you you see you don't even speak to. Or you give this little fake church hug and you know, you're not really concerned about that next person. You're not really growing with them. You're not, you know, I mean, we're just not concerned. And it's just like you go to church with these people, but you're really going alone. Because who's concerned about what you're bringing to church and what you're dealing with? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be your pastor, but he got like 50 other people here. And it's just like you really want to feel that connection. So I think it's, it's more powerful the smaller and the more intimate of a setting that it is to absolutely. me. And then, no, if your heart and, and your spirit no, and is right nothing, as well. There is nothing wrong with that. Um, and like I said... You have to know you and what you like. Mm-hmm. For you, a small church. I, I'm a fan of small churches too. Um, I have been in some mega churches that I think are bomb. Leaders are bomb. Mm-hmm. They know the word of God. They're teaching all of that. It just depends. And then, as far as building that community and having that compassion, that would be a hard check you have to have for yourself. There are a lot of people who go to church and they just want to fill up a seat and then they go home about their business and that's it. There are other people who are really involved who do have a heart for people who do want to see people being healed and they do they do care about what that next person is going through. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Everybody in church isn't there to serve God. They're just there. Mm-hmm. To promote their business. To promote their business. Uh, to say that they college. went. Um, Obligation, like, you know, routine. It's just what I was taught. I need to be at church. And that's um, where I toiled in my mind when I went on my church sabbatical, if you will, where it was like, yeah, like if I told my mom, I I didn't speak a lot to nobody about me not going to church because it was like, first of all, it was none of their business. Um, Second of all, it was like, I know, um, and this could be a good or a bad thing, I know people would have said, you know where you need to be. Um, but is that where I needed to be? Because in all honesty, you know, that first two months, like I said, it was a no Jesus zone. I was like, I'm good. But then again, uh, my spirit began to like, 
it, it was, it, was I was forming way. a void, yeah. a self-inflicted void within myself. Like, dude, you know. So you that's when I realized that it wasn't about the people and everything. You know, when I yeah. finally decided, okay, I was having my own devotion. You know, I was talking to God and praying. And I got back to a place where I wasn't dependent on the institution or the organization. Or people. But I did have that. Oh, yeah. You know, you hear people say, you know, it's, it's going to be a time where you have to stand on your own two feet. I was literally learning how to walk and, you know, crawl or, you know, I was walk, learning how to walk because I crawled. Yes. Granted, I had, you know, the collar. I was ordained and licensed. I had all that under my belt. But yet and still, I still wasn't able to stand on my own two feet. When, and I had my own situations. But yet and still, I was dependent on people. Hey, I need you to pray for me. No. Now I know after that situation that I had my own relationship. I knew how to go to God for myself because even if I look back on it now where the situation was, it wasn't a detriment to myself. It was more beneficial because I know now that that helped build my character, my integrity with, in my relationship with God. So it's like, you know, whatever the situation is like, it's, it's, it's hard or no, it's easy for the ministers to get up there, the pastors to get up there and point out your wrong, but yet and still, those are the very things that's teaching you that you need God. If it wasn't for my struggle, if it wasn't for my sin, why do I need this God that you talk about? And that's why it kind of doesn't really make sense. And as far as like you operating in your ministry, like you said, you were ordained and everything. But I think the church tries to institutionalize your gifts and they try to control it and they try to manipulate it in the way that you can't really, you know, walk in it the way that you're supposed to. And I think... um, just kind of stepping outside of that. Like, I'm not against church. I'm not against coming together and learning about God at all. But at the same time, know yourself. You got to know who you are before you intertwine yourself with all these people because they're different spirits and they can jump off on you and they can manipulate you and make you think things about yourself that are not really true. So unless you know who you are first, know who you are in God and have that relationship, I think church could be more of a detriment than anything. If you're not really aware. And I think people are so programmed to the program. Mm-hmm. And they don't really see what's really going on. Yeah. Y'all have said so much. I got like 99 different. I want to <laughs> piggyback off that and off that and off that and off that. I knew you wanted to say something. I was like, come this, on. It was there. like so many things are going through my mind at the same time. Um, I'm trying to try to pull all of this into one response. I'm I'm word. Ready. I think... For me, I understand exactly what you're saying, and here's why. Gabby said, I couldn't understand why I was putting in the work and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And that did something in my spirit. Because I think for many of us, there is a special calling on our life, and we are putting in the work, and we are trying to figure it out, and we are trying to do what we know God expects of us to do. And so when it doesn't work, we're trying to figure out why, how do we get here? Mm-hmm. God, I, I, you told me to stop having sex with the man, I stopped having sex with the man. You told me to pay my tithes, I pay my tithes. You told me to, to serve, I serve. You told me to go feed the homeless, don't take no pictures, I fed the homeless, I ain't take no pictures. <laughs> how is it that I'm putting in the work and it still isn't working? You didn't know results. Well, it's because people think you know where you're supposed to be and you don't. Mm. Because when you really get into that space where you're supposed to be, things start to work easier. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is a level of work that is still required, but it isn't a fight. And I think for a lot of us, we get into these churches and into these ministries and anointing is intimidating. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It is. First Definitely and foremost. Is. And it took me getting stomped on to realize it ain't you. It's, it's your gifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Miranda is a whole package. You hear me? Like, Hello. I can't just be a snack. I am the full meal. I'm talking salad, entree, dessert, beverage, sorbet for your palate. The whole meal. <laughs> Do you right. Know? She not eye candy. She's so soul full. food. You <laughs> for your soul, bruh. Like, it, there has to be more to it than just what you see. And so what I came to understand is that who I am in the kingdom is intimidating to people. Absolutely. Because I go against the grain. Because I'm that chick that's going to tell you, you going to the abortion clinic, I'm going with you. Not because I want to be able to know your business, but because you're going to go whether I tell you that the Bible says don't go or not, mm-hmm. and I don't want you to sit by yourself because I sat by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know what that breaking feels like. So if I can prevent you from breaking in the way that I broke, I'm going to go sit with you. And that's what and don't nobody teach that. Right. Don't that's nobody what we're supposed deal with to that. do. You see what I'm saying? And so there has to be a space where, and it goes back to what we've been saying the whole time, there's no transparency mm-hmm. of, yes, I got the collar, I got the license, but before this, I was the greatest thought out there. Like I knew the how to get that. the, hello? Hello? Because <laughs> my celebration of the license I did a trick. Oh, my Hello. Goodness. We called on the Lord, but not the way that you think we called on the Lord. Okay, so, and, mm-hmm. and these are the people. Jesus said, I didn't come for the people in the building. I came for the people yeah. out there. And so if there's nobody that's willing to go out there and say, no, sis, I hear you. Because I sat there. This, this looks cute, but it ain't. Right. There was a breaking before yeah. this birthing. This this that you see right here mm-hmm. cost me something. Mm-hmm. And so we we want to say that we're so this or we're so that or call me this or call me that or I have this degree and this this title and this. And it means nothing. And at, at the all. end of the day, the only title that matters is servant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And too many of us don't have a heart to serve. And I'm not talking serve as in I carried her Bible and I pumped her gas <laughs> and I stood in the place outside <laughs> the bathroom door. When they be catering no, 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 to the no, first no, lady. No, no, like, no, 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 no. That ain't nothing for God. Nothing. That ain't, that ain't getting you not a step closer. Man. Because at the same time, as soon as you put her in the car, you sent a text about how her toes was hanging over the front of her shoes. Like, there has to be a breaking yeah. that's legit and sincere. Man. And I don't think that we have that in many church settings. I think that you can self. go into any place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and find someone where their heart is pure. But I shouldn't have to search out for you. Yeah. And so this type of, of generation, this set of ministry that's being birthed in this season has to create that space mm-hmm. where I was perfectly content not going back to church. Hey, don't you go to such and such? Nope. Right. Where you go now? Where I want to. My answer is you. where I want to. I don't have a current church home wow. on purpose. Mm-hmm. But what I do have is a covering. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm not on anybody's roster. I send my offering where I know I'm sowing into good ground. Mm-hmm. 
Because it don't make sense for me to keep sewing over here and paying ties and ain't not nothing growing. That's dumb. So, but I have a covering. I have a spiritual covering who says, you out of order. Your mm-hmm. spirit. I picked you up in the spirit. I don't have to be in your presence to pick you up. in this. When I'm truly anointed, the Lord is going to tell me. Mm-hmm. My mentees right now, don't, don't call me. Where you at? Go home. Mm-hmm. How did you know? Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit said go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning my phone off. I don't care. I call your mama. Call your child. Tell her go home. Like, because when you truly have a relationship, yeah. It doesn't matter if you in the church house or the coffee house. Come on, Listen. Rob, Matthew, Bloomenberg. <laughs> Come on. Cause he shuts coffee houses down. Mm-hmm. Because his heart is pure. The relationship comes with perks. Like there is benefits mm-hmm. to having a relationship with God. And I think people we Absolutely. manipulate people's relationships to get things that we want. Absolutely. Why not take advantage? You ain't gotta manipulate God because He's giving it to you. Yeah. David. So why not take advantage of that? Because we're so caught up in in the title and what it looks like that we miss the fact that there's a fine line between witchcraft and prophecy. Mm. We <laughs> miss the fact that there's a Absolutely. fine line yeah. between religion and relationship. Mm-hmm. We miss the fact that there's a fine line between you, you, there there's always this fine line. Yeah. And we don't know how to walk it. We like drunks getting pulled over by the police, just staggering, trying mm-hmm. to figure out. To figure I don't know what side I'm going in on today. We teach people how to manipulate in the spirit. No, that's witchcraft. Yeah. You praying her relationship fails is witchcraft. You're going to hell. Yeah. Deal with this stuff. Mm. You pray, oh, Lord, don't let them, don't let them make this shot. Pray, and you think you just at a basketball game. You know what I'm saying? You just think you down for the home team. No, you're operating in witchcraft. Anytime you're putting out something to try to change the outcome in the spirit, it's witchcraft. I don't think you can call on God, though, to mess up somebody else's destiny. Like, you calling mm-hmm. on another spirit, because it, it ain't yeah. God. You, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you can be spiritual, and not be Christ-like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just mentioned Because demons are spirits, too. Absolutely. So know mm-hmm. what spirits you dealing with. Mm-hmm. Don't tell, oh, baby, I'm so spiritual. What kind? Hello. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I got kids at home. So the devil knows it's certain stuff I can't. Miranda ain't going. But her 10-year-old, oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Her mama, oh, oh, I know. He's strategic. Mm-hmm. I can't get to Aisha this way, but so I'm gonna get. To, I'm gonna go to her man because her man struggled with blah blah blah. Because mm-hmm. it's gonna get to you, right? Because you know that you're stronger in that area than he is. He can be the head of the household, but it don't mean you can't pray him out, right? Mm-hmm. So we and there's no place that's honest enough to say, let's deal with the root, the, the root real of these like this is because when real. you start pulling stuff up by the root. It's not just going to affect what's in front of you. My roots go under his house, Absolutely. under your house, under car house. She ain't even here. Roots stretch all the way to <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> so when I start pulling up stuff, yeah. it, think it not strange. Yeah. When you are really in warfare and you start revealing stuff and releasing stuff, that it shakes up stuff in the people who's connected to you. Mm-hmm. 
because I pulled this thing up by the roots and because you're connected to me I snatched yeah. up some stuff over yeah. there that mm-hmm. you had planted on top of my roots mm-hmm. that you didn't even know were mm-hmm. under you but we're not teaching that yeah we teach and stay married come to the marriage conference no he beats me <laughs> right <laughs> I don't want to be married no more hello divorce wow. is blasphemy he's choking me we finna be blaspheming all up in this joint. Facts. Because uh... I told somebody yesterday, she said, I didn't know you were divorced. I'm so sorry. I said, don't be. My divorce saved my life. Hmm. Hello. And he is real talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. That's real. We don't deal with anything. We're not real and so life. when people leave and they don't come back, it's because we only care about the 99. Or not even really knowing enough to really care about ourselves. So what we don't know, we're teaching. Mm -hmm. But if if you leave and I don't create a space for you to feel comfortable enough coming back, I don't want to come back. (laughs) That's the thing. But don't you don't have to come back to church (laughs) Mm -hmm. to to be in communion with God. You see what I'm saying? And this is okay. Media plug. This is where things like babes get birthed from. Yeah. Because I get it. Mm-hmm. The church house ain't for everybody, but God is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I gave myself and the shield. I almost hollered that's, And that's joint. where that fine line comes in because people think that this is God mm-hmm. doing all of this stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's, not. it's not. It's the people operating out of the will of God. And so it's hard to decipher between the two mm-hmm. because if I'm in church and you call yourself Christians and all this confusion and witchcraft and craziness is going on. But this is this is God. What? Come on, come right. on. I don't, what? Come on, PJ Morton. I don't think I like your religion. Hello, I don't want this, it. I don't want you to take it back. You can have it. Yeah, like, don't need you it. can have it all. <laughs> religion is definitely would be or have been the downfall of many. Um, just learning. I mean, honestly, religion is nothing but tradition, and tradition. <laughs> All tradition is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I would say that. Some traditions are, you know, good, legit. But all traditions are are not. Like, um, just learning. And it's dangerous. I understand time changes. We, you know, touched this last time. Time change. Things change. People change. And the way that the church would reach my mother's generation is totally not the way Absolutely. that reached my generation. Mm-hmm. And my generation, things that worked for us are definitely not working for this next generation. They they ain't going. I mean, they're honestly, not. they're not going. And <laughs> Period. It, it's Literally, definitely the introduction to that Joshua generation that they talk about because, A, I believe the generations to come are prone to have relationship with God because from the way that it's presented to them. Like, they're not... The generation now I'm grateful for in a way, because I teach every day and I understand it, they're not going to take your word for it anymore. They're going to do their own research. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the opening gateway if we can be just as strategic as the enemy to introduce relationship with Christ. Why not? This generation is inquisitive. They ask questions about everything. So if you can present this package that it's God that you need, not church, I mean, I know it goes against the institution. That's what your tithe money, all that other good stuff is going. But at the end of the day, we have so many people that needs life on life compared to me coming to sit in your pew Sunday after Sunday. Like, 
as you said, you you know, use the perfect example. No, let's go to these places where these people are actually getting broken. Like, yeah. truth is, I mean, nine times out of ten, and I could be wrong because I'm not a person that work on statistics, but people go to places of familiar 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 places <laughs> when uh, say, people go to familiar <laughs> places when they struggle with things. absolutely so it's like if the club can accept me not knowing what's going on i'm throwing a couple bottles back taking a couple drinks just you know and that's where these people are like i told you a lot of my interactions where i'm ministering and talking to people are in places of brokenness like oh yeah so happened we had a couple shots i mean i'm just being honest i'm Obeying the laws of the land, but anyway, um, you know, and I and I do that, but I find myself ministering and talking to people, like even some of my cousins that I never thought I would reach. We sitting up there, you know, taking them back, and then we just have a random conversation. It's just like, you know, I admire you for going to church. I do stuff, you know. I wish I was like I was like you. Really could be without going to church, you can have a relationship with Christ. I saw two of my cousins doing that. One of my cousins got baptized, but yet and still, if you have this perception of. I don't even want to talk to these people because, family included, because of the way that they're choosing to live their life. No, everyone has a quest to need something. Everyone has yeah. a void to be filled. So, therefore, Everybody. who am I to say that I'm not going to have this conversation with you because I don't think you will accept the Jesus that I'm talking about because of the way that the church has presented Jesus. Yeah. And, and those is, people yeah. know more word than you do. Hello. Listen. Right. Do you know how many homeless prostitutes I done ran up on that I thought I was going to tell you something and you just spoke right into my life we have to get beyond what we see perception mm-hmm. or what we've been taught you don't know where these people come from you don't know what they're i didn't start going to church till i was 21 mm-hmm. so this whole like oh you so anointed girl i just got here right <laughs> right don't but once you t- get there and go beyond the the constitution of the institution of church it's just like you've that's why you don't go. Like, I don't go. Because you've kind of ascended beyond the program, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And now you're in that relationship, and now you're getting the perks, and now you're getting, you know, hearing from God, knowing his voice, getting the Holy Spirit, and that type of thing. That's what comes with it, and that's what I feel like people don't really want for the people, like, really. Because we don't even understand what kind of power, how much power we have as children of God. Because we are programmed, we're on this schedule every Sunday. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Then you're mm-hmm. feeding me what you want me to know, but you're not giving me what I need. Right. You what said, I need to know. You said it best. Um, people suffer from the lack of knowledge, um, and we take that as, you know, just for face value. But yet, and still, that even goes forth in the church. Like, if I'm not aware that I can have this relationship with Christ for myself, it's it's. I can honestly say it's pointless to go to church if you really don't have a relationship with Christ. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, you you have your moments on Sundays. Uh, you lift your hands. You go. You know, you may have a you know a, a a change, something. You know, a moment, an encounter. But at the end of the day, what what are you doing for yourself um, to enhance that relationship? You know, yeah, we post and give a lot of um, credit. To pastors or put a lot of uh, pressure on them, mm-hmm. but yeah, so like it goes back to what you were saying, like uh, you just have to take ownership in your own relationship with Christ. I mean, I that's what it boils down to. Like you mentioned, the spiritual crackheads that we're creating in the church—it's just like you go there, you get your high, but your high don't last 
long. Mm-hmm. Couple days. Mm-hmm. That's it what work comes long. in Monday through Friday. Exactly, you but gotta you got to come back to get your hit for that two hours, and then you leave. You know, it may last a little after on the way home, mm-hmm. and then it's just like gone. Something happened, and you just you out of it, and you don't lost every. You don't forgot everything. the word. Sometimes you don't make it to the parking. I'm saved, good and saved. No Jesus, everything, and I get hit before I leave the parking lot. Sometimes, but somebody just wanted to say something smart to me. I'm like, look. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't let me raise don't let my worship yeah. fool you. <laughs> I mean, just the way I lift them, I can swing them. Come on, these hands, let's right. get them. Right, right, right. <laughs> but this let's has been this. a a really good show. Um, unfortunately, we are running out of time. But I appreciate you guys coming today on this anointed Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some great discussions, and I'm already thinking of topics for the next one. So. Um, yeah, any parting words from anybody? Quiet in the church. I know you can uh, see when Miranda's finna drop some <laughs> something. <laughs> she took that deep sigh. <laughs> I did. I was trying to get my thoughts together. Um, I think my parting words today. Um is my challenge, I think my challenge to those of us who call ourselves as Christian is to create the church that you needed. And and I don't mean like go out and buy a building and start calling yourself a pastor and running Facebook Lives and all of that that people do. But I'm saying create that space in your life where you can be effective ministering in the areas that you needed to be ministered to where there was nobody. In your darkest places where you searched for a light and couldn't find it, go and be that light. Because we are the only Christ that some people are gonna see. Mm -hmm. And so how will you allow that to show up? Whether it's in a building, whether it's in a park, whether it's at the family reunion, whether it's through mentorship, at your job, whatever. Um, Be intentional about creating the church that you needed in every atmosphere um, and trusting that every part of your life is purposed. Um, As much as I love my job, I hate it. And I know that I was not called for anybody's nine to five or seven to three or six to six this week. Um, But I also know that there are some staff that I have that I am purpose to impact before God will let me leave. Mm-hmm. So I had to create the church in the workspace. So it's up to you to have church and to be church. Jerome, you got anything for the people? I mean, we see it uh, often in a lot of churches. Um, they where they say, um, "No Jesus, no peace," and then you K N O W, no Jesus. No peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parting words would be: If you know Jesus, K N O W, you would know peace. Um, even in situations as it comes to recovering from church hurt or church placement or whatever, if you actually take the time to get to know Jesus, you would find peace in that relationship. Not knowing um, or not or knowing that there's no conviction, no no nothing that the church or the leaders can say that can really rock your relationship with Christ. So I. Um, offer Jesus. That's the best advice I can get. Just get to know um, Christ. It's something uncommon now. You know, we speak church, we speak actions, we speak 
joining auxiliaries and we speak serving and servitude but at the end of the day Jesus is the heart of that matter. So um, once you get to know Jesus, build that relationship, you would then know where you're to serve, where you're supposed to get fed, because now you have to be careful what table you sit at. You can't eat everybody's food. That's good. You cannot eat everybody's food. There may be something that they use to make their food. They may cause an allergic reaction that can shut your organs down. Mm. So just make sure you're at a place where you know Jesus, you know his voice, and that will definitely direct you. Um, and avoid some just situations that you need not to face. So that that's what I have. I just know Jesus, know peace. I know that has been um, something that has really been relevant and um, life-changing for me because now I'm knowing and finding out who I am in Christ. It's not a prideful thing but it's a confident thing that Mm -hmm. god has given me that like dude like yeah (laughs) you didn't go through all that for this so knowing jesus has provided a level of peace that surpasses all understanding i know that scripture that's something that the old people say but that is so true so true so true amen that was good yep like i said thank you guys for coming thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next week Talk about it. 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 Talk about